From the Prindle Institute for Ethics at DePaul University, this is Getting Ethics to Work, the podcast that tackles the trickier moral dilemmas that you might face in the workplace. I'm your host and Prindle Institute director, Andy Cullison, and with me is our producer, Kate Barry. Hello. For each episode of Getting Ethics to Work, we discuss a case and unpack the difficult and often hidden ethical tensions that can make it hard to get along with others at work. And by the way, case is just an ethicist word for story. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone that we are not lawyers and are not offering legal expertise or advice, but as an ethicist, I can teach you how to be a good snitch. Kate, what's the case we're talking about today? So Andy, today we're talking about two characters, Stephen, who's the assistant department manager, and Kristen, who's new to this department and is the supervisor of Stephen's work section. Okay. Steven's worked here for a while. He feels like he really gets it. He knows the game, the ins and outs. He feels like he knows how to navigate social situations at the workplace. He feels really on top of it. Okay. So Kristen comes in, and there's a reception to welcome her to the new department. Mm-hmm. And she has a reputation for being really no-nonsense. Right. So at the reception, she goes around to meet everyone and asks, how do you think we could make this a better workplace? And Steven says that he has this feeling that sometimes people are promoted or get opportunities for overtime because they're more liked. And that's all he says. It just sort of like, it seems to me like this is happening. It's not like I saw this happen or I know for a fact. No. Yeah. It seems to me that people promote their friends or give them opportunities to work more hours and that he thinks that that's not good. So the next day he gets called into Kristen's office and she is serious about this. All right. What does she say? Should we just read it? Yeah, because it's intense. She looks him straight in the eyes and says, I will not tolerate individuals in this organization who are not good team players. Yesterday afternoon, you led me to believe that there are people in this office who are not acting in the best interests of the company, and I want to know who. I want you to tell me the names of the managers you were referring to to note and keep me informed if you see anyone hurting this company, or I've got to think that maybe you're part of the problem around here. Kristen wants a snitch. She sure does. And if he doesn't snitch, she automatically assumes he's part of the problem in some way. Yeah. The problem is people get promoted based on being buddy-buddy. Yeah. And she says, if you're not going to tell me who you are, somehow you're part of that problem. So that's uh, a threat. Okay. So one thing that strikes me about this case, I mean, I'm trying to figure out what are the ethical issues here. Mm -hmm. So one obvious ethical issue is just going to be the ethics of snitching, right? Right. Um, Maybe we should lay other ones out on the table. There might also be a what do you do, morally speaking, like when you get put on the spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's my nightmare. I am someone who crumples easily. (laughs) And I think having someone staring at me and close to screaming, wanting information right now would just make me snitch on my grandmother (laughs) and everyone else. Why don't we focus on those two things? Mm -hmm. One is sort of what do you do in that kind of moment you're put on the spot? Mm Mm-hmm. But then also I'm kind of interested in this ethics of snitching. Like, is, is it a bad thing to be a snitch? When is it okay to be a snitch? It's so tricky because we've got this sort of cultural thing that it's always bad. But then we also, at least many people, valorize whistleblowers, right? That this is something that's supposed to be good and protects other people. So that line in some cases is really clear. And in some, it's hard to see, like, is this just tattling? Is this gossip? Is this snitching? Or is this actually doing some good? So uh, why don't we start with that first one about what do you do when you're put on the spot? Well, if it were me, number one, buy time. Stall. I think in this case, if he's really taken by surprise, especially by her energy, um, he might say, hey, I want to make sure my notes are in order. I want to make sure that I'm giving you 
things that I can really back up by experience or maybe even documentation, may I go to my office and make this list? I, I think that sounds like a great idea. And I don't think it's, you know, being in any way spineless. There's actually, I think, good moral reasons to do this. If, if you're being asked, basically, to bear witness against <laughs> someone, um, you might rightfully just say, like, hey, I got to get these details straight. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just said it seems like... Mm-hmm somebody did these things let me can i just go back and gather my thoughts and maybe get you some kind of something in writing right 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 and even here i think you could introduce a seed of doubt and unfortunately you're sowing doubt in yourself if steven's right that there are people that he's pretty sure that this has happened and then there may be things that he's just sour grapes about not getting a promotion Mm -hmm. and he needs to make sure that he knows the difference and tries to tell Kristen that there may be these shades of gray I mean, there are some good moral reasons laid in there to buy time, but some people might prefer to just be a little bit more direct. They might want to just just be more decisive and mm-hmm. upfront about your discomfort with being asked to do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So if buying time is not really your strategy, you prefer to like confront the problems as they arise head on. Um, I don't know. Is there? A, suppose you were someone who were like, I don't want to be this snitch, mm-hmm. right? There, there, of course, there is always the option of being like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do this. But if, yeah. you, if you didn't want to do this thing and you didn't want to kind of buy time in the way we'd suggested, what are some things you might say right up front to say to Kristen, hey, I'm just not sure this is a good thing? Well, you might say that this pressure feels like you're being forced to inform on colleagues and that you hmm. that potentially you will be giving up names that you don't think that anyone has um, really done anything that wrong. Um, You might mention that I'm feeling a lot of pressure here, and I don't think this is a good way to address any problem. Yeah, and in something you said made me think, you might even say that this looks like an example of the thing that I was telling you about at the party, which is you're asking me to tattletale on Mm -hmm. other folks, Mm -hmm. and there was an implication that, you know, it was... I that was how I was going to keep my job. Right. And so I would be rewarded for something that doesn't seem like it's part of my job description. Mm -hmm. It's not my performance as a sales agent. I'm being rewarded for basically being buddy-buddy with the boss and ratting people out. I sort of thought that was the point. It's not that kind of favoritism that's supposed to get people rewarded. Right. Okay, so those are some things you could do in the moment. Mm -hmm. You could do the buy the time strategy, Mm -hmm. or you could just sort of directly say, hey... Uh, I'm not comfortable with this. It's an example of the thing I was talking about. Mm -hmm. I want to be humble here and not bear false witness. Mm -hmm. And so I really hope you would actually do a little bit of digging first before I start having a conversation about where I think this has happened. I want to be a part of a healthy workplace and this is not it. So now let's talk about snitching. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's effectively what Kristen's asking for. She wants Mm -hmm. a snitch. Mm -hmm. And I get the sense that we don't like snitches. There's this like kind of anti-snitch mm-hmm. culture, uh, in at least in our country yeah. and in, in, in our workplaces. Does even, that seem right? Yeah. Even with children, I think they sometimes get the message that it is worse to tattle than to do the thing that they're tattling about, right? Uh, yep. I remember being told by one of my teachers not to be a tattletale. Mm-hmm. And it, I was baffled by that. I was mm-hmm. like, well, but like, something bad's happening and it's not supposed to be happening. I think it really depends on what's happening. Like, what are you snitching about? Are you snitching 
that someone steals a roll of toilet paper or someone's taking two-hour lunches every other week or something, or are you snitching that someone is sexually harassing someone? Or I, I think a, a lot of it has to do with the stakes and then also how sure are you that this thing is happening? Well, let's, let's see if we can come up with a list of kind of base requirements. What bare minimum ground rules do you think ought to be in play or what bare minimum conditions ought to be in play? And one thing you just mentioned seems like it better be true or you at least better have really, really good evidence that it's true, right? Yeah. I mean, that seems like one base requirement. Uh, you also pointed to basically consequences. How bad of a thing is this that's happening? How, how detrimental is it to the company or mm -hmm. the corporation that it's happening? 30-minute lunch breaks uh, or 30 extra minutes for lunch versus taking $30,000, <laughs> uh, right? I mean, what, what's, what's the nature of the activity? Another thing that's happening in this is when you snitch, you're basically pointing out to the person that things aren't going well by their lights. The, the idea is something is happening that they would not like, right? Right. And so I, I think it's kind of worth asking, like, when do you hmm. point out that something is not going well? And I can actually think of some times uh, where I've been in certain dilemmas where I'm like, something's not going well, but I feel like I shouldn't say anything about that. Right let them figure it out on their own, give yeah. them their own space to have this realization that, oh, something's wrong here. We were thinking some baseline requirements. Got to have really good evidence. Seems like the consequences ought to be pretty severe. Um, thinking about when it's okay to point out that something's not going well, and it seems like what we hit on there is sometimes it's not your job to point something out to stop something from happening, if the result isn't going to be that bad, sometimes it's better for someone to learn from the mistake yeah. than to say, hey, 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 you're doing the wrong thing mm -hmm. um, for something that's pretty small. And sometimes when that mistake is made, there are arguably other ways in which the people responsible should be handling the situation, sure. yeah. right? Um, not to just rely on a culture of tattletales. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So that, that seems like some interesting conditions. Yeah. Let's just talk about that question. Why do people hate snitches so much? What like Where's that coming from? Well, I think if someone's breaking the rules, they don't want to feel like anyone's paying attention to them. They want to get away with breaking <laughs> the rules, right? It's where that whole expression, like, mind your own business comes from. I can't tell you how many times I hear that come <laughs> up, like... I feel like that phrase gets used all the time in popular culture, mm -hmm. in TV, mm -hmm. when someone is pointing out that someone else is doing something, the kind of mind your own business, uh, keep your head down and mind your own business kind of thing. Mm -hmm. it, that strikes me as like the mantra of the rule breaker who just wants to get away from anything. Is there, is there anything to this mind your own business kind of attitude? I think to some extent there is value in not paying so much attention to what everyone is doing. I think that I, I use this all the time, that tend your own garden, right? That instead of looking over the shoulder of everyone else saying, oh, they're doing that wrong. Oh, like that's a mess. Oh man, can you imagine living with that person, right? That there's, there's so many ways to criticize others, but that if you sort of focus on yourself and your own effect and on other people, then you're probably 
doing good, yeah. right? So there's something there's something about that of sort of judge not lest ye be judged or whoever without whoever is without sin, you know, cast the first stone. There's a I think an acknowledgement there that everyone is trying to get away with something, a little something. Right. Or yeah, so okay, good. So tattling is yeah, there's a kind of maybe, maybe there's a perceived hypocrisy to it, mm-hmm. right? The the idea is I don't know what rule you've broken mm-hmm. but you probably have broken mm-hmm. a rule or other and yet you're calling me out for this thing and presumably something that you think is minor like going on a longer lunch break or something like mm-hmm. that so maybe some people think there's kind of this implicit understanding that look everybody has broken some rule or other mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i think there's another reason that people don't like quote-unquote tattletales Mm -hmm. particularly if what they're tattling about is seems like an inconsequential thing right something petty something petty it's a it's that their motives or that their intentions are likely not pure Hmm. if it's a slightly longer lunch break you know and, and someone tells on someone for that the idea that the person tattling thinks this is so bad that the boss needs to know about it because the company's going to go under if right. we don't, right? The, the idea that it's that bad, um, nobody would think that the tattletale person really thinks that. Right. So there has to be some other reason that they think it's important to report this. And it seems like that reason almost has to be self-serving. I suspect some people think that. In fact, there's an article Mm -hmm. that we can link to in the show notes where they basically say this. They say, it just seems like in most of the tattletale cases, the motives are self-interested motives. They're not about health of the company or faithful execution of the mission or whatever it is. Right. So it would be so different if you told your boss that your coworker was taking an extra 30 minutes for lunch because you wanted to point out like, I'm always here. I'm I'm a really good worker and look how different it is and shouldn't I go up for promotion instead? But if the person was taking a longer lunch hour and it meant that they weren't finishing deadlines on time or that they were missing client calls, mm-hmm. then that would maybe be something to bring up but if you're just trying to show in comparison what a hard worker you are mm-hmm. then that's totally self-serving you know one thing we haven't talked about that's related to ethics of snitching or tattletaling and this is a kind of consequential consideration i mean maybe there are some negative consequences you would be preventing by tattling but might there be some other negative consequences that uh, might come from a culture where this is kind of widespread? Oh, absolutely. I think that if you know that everyone is watching everyone else to pick out little things, to tell other people, maybe to fight for promotions or opportunities to get overtime, that's going to be terrible for morale. Yeah, that the trust in that environment is going to be so, so bad if it's known that there's just this culture of Mm -hmm. calling out every minor infraction Mm -hmm. or deviation from the rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think many of us, I might say most of us, would be happier with turning a blind eye to a couple of rule breakers in order to have a happier workplace environment. And maybe that's okay, right? We're still talking about minor rule breakers. We're talking... Yeah. I'm I'm not saying everyone just close your eye, you know, hear no evil, see no evil, (laughs) and then we'll all be really happy. I think there might be one more moral intuition that could be behind the 
not liking snitches, mm-hmm. which is this, there's kind of this idea that's, it's deeply entrenched in our judicial system. And it goes back to early European judicial systems and probably all the way back to ancient world, which is a kind of right to face your accuser. Hmm, yeah. And snitching and tattletaling, it seems like this thing that kind of happens behind closed doors. Right. And then decisions are being made about the person who's being tattled on. Beliefs are already being formed. The evidence that's being presented by the snitcher is uh, its not out on the table for all to see right. and everyone to respond to. So the snitch gets a kind of advantage that their side of the story is, is going to be the one that gets believed. And so you might think that people are probably thinking, hey, if if anybody's going to point out to the boss that I'm doing something wrong, I'd like the courtesy of being in the room yeah. with you as you present that evidence. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to tell the boss that I promoted Bob because I'm Bob's friend, invite me into the room and let's have the conversation out. Like if you really think there's something problematic. And so maybe some of that sentiment comes from something like that. And I think the fear that people are being spoken about behind their backs and aren't able to face their accuser in that way would also be terrible for morale. This case started out suggesting that Stephen had kind of stepped in it. Um, So what do you do if you're Stephen to not even get yourself into this situation? Right. We've given some tips to potential Stevens of how to buy some time when you're confronted in a really aggressive manner. But I wish that he wasn't in this room at all, right? And I think his mistake was being really confident about how he was so sure that he knew how this business place worked. He's been there for a while. And then with a new boss, he was, I think, a little casual and didn't recognize the potential gravity of what he was bringing up. Uh, that it might have some real consequences. He didn't know Kristen. I mean, she does ask for people's recommendations, but this is still a party setting. I think that if this was something he felt really serious about, he might have gone to her for a real meeting with maybe names in mind um, and people that he wanted to talk about or a larger culture that he really wanted to change. But he brought it up in this odd way and then was shocked by her response. And so I think he could have gotten to know her a little bit more and just relied a little bit less on his, I know how everything works here. And then, because it, it really came back to bite him. Yeah. The thing that he wants, he wants better processes for promotion. Yeah. So he could, instead of saying people are being promoted for these reasons, he could have said something like, it's unclear to me, you know, what I could be doing to advance. Yeah. And I don't know if other people feel that way or not, but maybe just, more transparency about like what people are looking for in advancement or something. And, you know, sort of get her to look into that and sort of point her in the direction of exploring how promotions are made without saying what it is you find problematic about them. Right. There was a way to frame it that really only focused on him and the potential subjectivity of his perception. If he, if, especially if this boils down to Stephen is just upset that he hasn't gotten a promotion it would be so awful if he pointed to other people and said that the system was wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But if he keeps it focused on him and perhaps his misunderstanding of how to get promoted, or maybe he understands very well that there is a bad system here, mm-hmm. that he lets Kristen find that out for herself. Right. And and point her in the direction where she would do the work to discover it Right. without tattle. 
I will say, so here I am being a little hard on Steven, but I don't think Kristen is acting very well here either. Andy, what do you do not to be a Kristen in this situation? And that's a good question. I've been, I've been trying to think about that. So it, it seems like Kristen knows there's a problem or suspect has evidence that there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like her instinct is to go the shortcut route, which is give me names. I need a list of names. I need to know which heads need to roll. Right. I'll make those heads roll and then we'll we'll move on. Again, on day number one. Yeah, right. Exactly. On day one. Um, I can kind of give an example of things that have happened in, in my own work life. I've had situations where people have sort of inadvertently revealed problems to mm. me or, oh, or think, yeah. you know, where they've inadvertently. And I can see it. I can see it in their eyes. They're just afraid that they've just turned into a snitch. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't mean to... I didn't mean to make it seem like so and so isn't doing this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah they just they, and they, I can t- I can tell how bad they feel. You know, usually the problem is something that I think is going to be probably one off. Like it was genuinely an accident. It sounds like genuinely an accident. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, eh, if it's genuinely an accident, it's not going to happen again. I'm not going to go give someone feedback for an accident that was three months ago and there <laughs> hasn't been a problem, right? Yeah. Um, if it's something that I thought, well, gosh, if that's the way things are going, and that's not good. Then I think to myself, there's going to be an opportunity for me to see it. If this is something that's again, happening right? a lot, like yeah, yeah. Um, and so I sort of say, look, I, I don't, I don't need to have relied on your input to know that this is a thing. If it's a problem, I'm going to see it happen, and when I see it happen, I'll just call it out independently, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, why can't Kristen do something like that? She could say, look, thank you. I'm going to do a few things. Um, one, I'll keep an eye out for it. And then if I see it, I'll address it when it happens. And then once I see it, then I can call everybody together and be like, Hey, this is not reflective of our values, et cetera. So that's one thing she could do is just, she could, she could say, well, if this is a problem, it's a problem and I'm going to see it and I'll just be keeping an eye out for it. And what I really like about that and also your example is that Kristen is really managing here because instead of using Stephen as sort of a shield, right, of saying like, oh, Stephen gave me these names, if she was to take your advice, Kristen would be shielding Stephen, the saying like, oh, I will look as if I have happened upon this information on my own. Mm -hmm. By doing so, she avoids the morale problems of having a snitch, right? Exactly. I think there are other things that she could do. She could have a kind of get to know her managers. So call a meeting and say, hey, I just want to kind of get a sense of what our culture's like, Mm -hmm. what we value. And I think the best way to get to know you and value you is to see how you value the people who work for you. So could I have a look at your performance reviews? I just want to see how you evaluate people. I want to see what you highlight. I want to see what you praise. I want to get a sense of how you motivate your team. And she may, in that process, kind of be able to ferret out on her own, oh, Bob has only given promotions to his fraternity brothers. And... Joe's done the same thing. Um, Or this person over here has phenomenal sales records. And for whatever reason, they haven't climbed the ladder as quickly as this person with, you know, sort of, if it's as bad as Stephen thinks, there should be some kind of evidence out there um, that corroborates that kind of hearsay testimony. And I think there are tactful, diplomatic ways to try and get that evidence. Yeah. 
So Kristen could gather evidence by just sort of looking at performance reviews or things like that. She could also gather evidence by just a, a kind of get to know everybody in that team mm-hmm. uh, and learning their history in the department, right? So right. when, you know, w- when did you start? And she can sort of get a roadmap of all the promotions. So she could know every single promotion. She could know exactly who promoted who. So just get that all out. And that could all be done under the auspices if it's just, I need to get to know my team and know what their skill sets are and, and all that kind of stuff. She could figure out a lot of this with just a kind of audit of the staff. Yeah. Her newness to this office is actually a real benefit in this because she's gonna she should be going through everything anyway and meeting new people and, and developing her own perceptions of everyone on her team. So those are some things I think Kristen could do to not be Kristen in this moment. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us as we try to get ethics to work. I'm Andy Cullison. And I'm Kate Barry. If you have a question about business ethics you'd like answered on the podcast, email me at katherineberry at depaw.edu and maybe we'll talk through your issue on the air. We hope you can take some of what we've discussed here today and get it to work. If you want to learn more about what we talked about on the show today, Check out our show notes page at prindleinstitute.org backslash getethicstowork. That's all one word, get ethics to work. Remember to subscribe to get new episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. But regardless of where you subscribe, please be sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way for us to meet new listeners. Getting Ethics to Work is hosted by the Janet Prindle Institute for Ethics at DePaul University. Our logo was created by Smallbox. Our music is by Blue Dot Sessions and can be found online at www.sessions.blue. Our show is made possible with the generous support of DePaul alumni, friends of the Prindle Institute, and you, the listeners. Thank you for your support. The views expressed here are the opinions of the individual speakers alone. They do not represent the position of DePaul University or the Prindle Institute for Ethics.